Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Hey, what's up, folks? How y'all doing? Hey, glad to be back. Welcome to season two of the 301 Colored Commentators. Long overdue, man. Long overdue, two months overdue, but we've been revamping our formula to give y'all what y'all want. We hope y'all love it. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right. For the inaugural season two episode, we're going to be talking about, as we mentioned in the preview, three things. Like our, our format is still remains the same. Movies, music, and a wrestling event. Yep. And this time around, we're going to be talking about The Passion of the Christ, the 2004 film. Mm-hmm. The inaugural Royal Rumble from 1989. And finally, the season four of the Netflix series, You. Yep. Yeah, but... um. Before we get into it, what's up? I just got to give you... Some flowers, dog. I appreciate you. Um, it's ironic that we're getting into a second season, but funny enough, we met. The, so I moved to the United States in 96, and mm-hmm. we met, funny enough, by working together on a project yeah. uh, back Sam- then. Samosa period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Social studies. Um, and, like, our friendship grew from there. And I just want to let you know, dog, I'm, I'm, like, humbled and honored to be able to do this with you. I'm not taking it for granted. Um, I love I, it. It was your idea. <laughs> it is what it is. But like on and off this thing, like I really appreciate you as a brother. Um, you're definitely one of the brightest people I know. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, I do something. Nah, dog. <laughs> I, I I just I just gotta let you. I have to let you know before we get into the season. Um, and with all that said, let this melanin make some magic, dog. Let's no go. doubt. No let's doubt. Go. Thank you, yeah, brother. Thank for sure, you for sure. Let's go. All right. Um. So, a few things, a few current events. For me personally, the UConn men's basketball team. That's my school. They won a few nights back. Number five, like, like, that, like that robot from Short Circuit. Number Johnny Five. <laughs> I go over here and give him his props and he excuses nonsense. Nonsense? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, want, I wanted the Maryland girls to win, but well, look what happened there. Uh, shout out to Lady Terps, man. Love always. Lady Terps and, and, and Angel Reese. From LSU, she's a Balmer. Shout chick. out to Angel Reese and LSU. Mm-hmm. The ring, baby. Oh yeah, let's you go. Can't see me. Let's <laughs> go. And um, also the music. What music? You still love rocking? Your Afro beats fan? You already know, man. All word. My man Davido just released the album called Timeless. Mm-hmm. Shit, it, it's fire. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's been on rotation since you dropped it. He dropped it like late last week, right before the weekend, and it's been great. Um, I've been rocking to that joint. It's fire. Um, definitely put a timeless piece of work, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to him, my man Don Tolliver as well. I know Don Tolliver. That's my guy. Uh, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned him a few times last season. He dropped the album to when we were actually in Panama. Oh, yeah, it's called Love Sick. Oh, yeah, we was, we was in Panama for our friend yeah. Naeem, his wedding. Shout out to Naeem. Oh, Panama is beautiful. I want to go back, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm listening to that. Um, listening to his girlfriend, actually, Callie Ushis. I don't know if you know her. She mm-hmm. dropped the album. She's kind of yeah. cool. She's got a hippie vibe. She's Latino, so she has a little bit of the Latin mix into it. But a hippie uh, vibe to it? Yeah. She's there. Like, you can see how they work together. So... It's a good album, and out of the old school, I've been listening to Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, I noticed that when we was um, when we was doing the um, the season two. Uh, yeah, when the, the, the pre draft, the rough draft, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we visited it. Just classic, you know, my man Hove. Is, let me ask you: Is there a difference between the um, 
as, apart from the uh, the lettering on the cover mm-hmm. of the of the original Reasonable Doubt and the, and the re-release from '98. I've never actually really paid attention. I know they they did that with Biggie with the Ready, Ready to, to Die. die. Yeah, yeah they, so I don't know. Shout out to Biggie, that's my guy too. But um, I don't know if they did anything, any changes for Jay. See, uh, maybe so. a title change. I don't know the Dead Presidents. I don't. I don't know. I have to go back and see. I gotta go check that. No, for real. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been listening to, and I might as well plug it in. Um, my boy and his guy in New York City, they have a playlist that they drop every Friday. Over. It's almost exclusively like, you know, Afro diaspora um, mix of Afro beats. I'm a piano, which is from Southern Af- Southern and Eastern African mm-hmm. music. And um, from time to time, like indie artists around the world. Um, so it's called Working Title NYC. Sometimes you might catch me advertising it on my page, on my story. So check it out. The playlists are almost, actually always fire. Um, they get better by the week, so... And this previous week, they had a special dedication for Women's History Month. So all the music was by women, and it was fire. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Women's History Month. Yeah, so um, check them out. We'll put the link and everything in the description when this comes out. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, check those out, people. What about you, though? What you been listening to? These are the first two new albums. Yes, I still buy physical media. That's good, though, because yeah. the CD's quality is unparalleled. So, unparalleled. Yeah. It's not the same as digital. It's better Absolutely. than digital. Much better. Even, yeah. though, even though to the naked ear, it's down, it sounds the same. Yeah. But um, this album right here by Sky Zoo and a DC uh, produ- production team, The Other Guys, The Mind of a Saint. Okay. Brooklyn, Brooklyn MC Sky Zoo. Every track, he's rapping from the point of view of Franklin Saint from Snowfall. Ha! Ah, shout out to that guy. Yeah, they got plenty of Snowfall samples in here, vocal samples, okay. score samples to create the beats. Yeah, this, this, this is one of the best albums I've heard all year. So check this out, The Mind of a Saint. Cool, man. That's a great show. Yeah, on its three more episodes. Three more albums. On, one tonight. What a season. And one tonight. Yeah, one tonight. So. Headbacks! <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. We might, we might let you know how that goes later on in the season. But yeah, when we talk about the uh, the season finale and the show yeah. overall, yeah. we might talk about the spoilers and the ending. So cover your ears if you ain't seen the show yet. Yeah, man, big up my man Damson too every day. And this jump right here, the Snow Goons from Germany and Grind Mode Cipher, aka every unsigned white rapper in the country. That's what my cousin called them. <laughs> but they're good. Really, they're good. These, these MCs are dope. They could give the BET hip hop cypher a run for their money, dude. If you like bars, wordplay, relentless, multi syllable rhyme schemes over some boom bap shit, this is for you right here. <laughs> for sure. And I might a, have to, let me see that shit. And it's a double album, too. Goon mode. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Snow goons. That sounds interesting. Anything else? Yeah, shout out to the Tasty Diner in downtown Silver Spring. It oh, unexpectedly it just, closed it down closed. for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toast to that. That's mm-hmm. our old stomping grounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Every it was it used to be twenty four hours, but the pandemic killed it. Made them made them close at ten o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. And they ain't uh, the only one left. There's one in Bethesda and one in Laurel, but no disrespect to the one in Laurel, but that's the one where all the hookers go to. Oh, <laughs> really? Though? <laughs> Look where it's situated on Route 1. It's where all the motels are yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. The the, tra- the trashy area of... of yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. I used to go to that one whenever I was coming back from, uh, what's it called? Curtis Bay from McDougal's, the strip joint out there. And I needed a bite to eat the soak up all the alcohol. Shout out to McDougal's. I don't do that no more, mind you, but... I mean, if you do it, what it is. It's cool. No I judgment. Just, I know it's no judgment. Just, I'm just saying, I don't do it no more. It okay. just got old for me. I feel you. I can't even go to a strip club with none of my boys. 
You can't? I can. Well, I have. What am I saying? I have. I don't mind going with, with the fellas, but I, I wouldn't go alone. I used to go alone yeah, frequently, man. but not no more. That's just yeah. not me. I don't want to be like that nigga Myron from the Players Club. Following <laughs> chicks I don't understand, Diamond. Yeah, I always yeah, make sure yeah, you get yeah, them safe. Yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of money on you, and you act like oh, you don't know I exist. Nigga, don't be a simp. <laughs> funny, funny guy, man. But yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. As we said, we were in Panama like a month ago, so that was fun. That was very fun. We were there with fun. a bunch of our other brothers from childhood. Most um, of our sandbox people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, big them up every time. It was a good time. Good escape. Um, and plus, I never, we never, have you been to Panama before this? Or? Nah, nah, nah. I'll definitely be going back though. It was a good time. Me too. I want to see the city. Without putting any too much context, my man over here acquired a new nickname, dog, Mr. Poppy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that, that's, that's part and parcel a reference to the fact that my Spanish speaking skills, Bro. I, I got my groove back when I was down there. Don't listen to this guy, though. He's real modest. This man is very fluent in Spanish. He got us out of the way a lot of the time we were out there, um, mm-hmm. especially us that don't speak a lick of Spanish, and the ones that say they do but they didn't. Yeah, so, you, yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but he, he, man, he was booking cabs, ordering meals, doing all that. So his Spanish is legit. Yeah, so, I got. Shout it. out to my man Sai. I've been using it a while, but it's still there. It's like riding a bike; you never yeah, forget it. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was actually pretty damn impressed. Thank you. Nice one, nice one. Thank nice you, man. Nice yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we ready to get right into it? Jump right into it, man. All right, let's get started. Let's go. All right, the first thing we're going to discuss is The Passion of the Christ. The Passion of the Christ came out on February 25th, 2004, and was co-written, produced, and directed by Mel Gibson, who also put up his own money in order to make the entirety of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll give him props for that. Mm -hmm. Um, The film starred Jim Caviezel as Jesus Christ, Monica Bellucci, Maya Morgenstern, and Sergio Rubini. Apart from Jim Caviezel and uh, Monica Bellucci, the remainder of the cast was comprised of unknown stage actors from Europe and the Middle East. Now, the plot of The Passion of the Christ, basically, in just one sentence, it's about the last 12 hours of Christ's life. Yeah. And not not like Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh Uh-uh. I know you see that right there, but uh -uh. (laughs) that was a musical. Far from. Far from it. I mean, yeah. The film, it fleshes out the roles of the Virgin Mary and the devil in Jesus' life and separates itself from other Jesus-centric films with its focus on Christ's relationship with his mother and the centrality of the Last Supper and finally the crucifixion and resurrection itself. And with Easter around the corner, this is an appropriate choice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All the dialogue of the film is in Aramaic or in Latin Mm -hmm. and and some cuts of the film include subtitles in order to assist audio-centric viewers and for us who don't understand a dead language like Aramaic. Or Latin. Or Latin. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're a doctor, I think the only people that understand Latin are doctors and lawyers. There's a lot of terms in both and, professions and, involve and, and, Latin. And priests. And priests, yes. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. For Jim Caviezel, uh, who played Jesus, this was not one of his favorite films to make at all. What happened in, during the film? All of his injuries. He got struck by lightning. Yeah. yeah. He accidentally got scourged. He had a sh- the scene where they're crucifying him and they're trying to nail him. He yeah. actually dislocated his shoulder. That was real. Wow. Okay. And and what's it called? Wow. Okay. And he had pneumonia, hypothermia, and on top of all that, having to contend with Mel Gibson. It ain't easy trying to. It ain't easy mimic mimic the uh, savior, right? Nah, it's not easy trying to mimic Christ. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, yeah. Nah, there there uh, apparently there's a sequel being planned by Gibson himself, but and Caviezel supposed. How is that gonna work? 
Uh, I guess the next 40 days after the, the resurrection. resurrection. All right, yeah. All right, fair enough. And Kavizio was supposed to reprise the title role, but um, who knows when that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but um, as far as this film goes, they did have a cut that they released a year after it in 2005 that excised mm-hmm. all the violence of the film, which we're going to talk about too. Yeah. The film, it was a, it was a box office success and critical and critically acclaimed as well too. It made $700 million worldwide against a $30 million budget. Yeah. And yeah, um, there's controversy about the film too, about, about where it draws its source material from, namely from the gospels, the, the four books. Yeah, yeah. As well as the tort, the controversy about the violence in the film, which takes up over half of the film. Yeah. Is it, would you consider that torture porn? I think so. I think I think also part of the controversy was I think a lot of the Jewish community that weren't weren't uh, yes weren't happy about how they were depicted in the movie. Um, but I think a lot of it was the torture methods. Torture methods were actually researched based on that time frame, historical time frame, and then they used. I don't know how realistic as far as a man could actually withstand that kind of torture. He beat the living fuck out of him. But like. And being being able to carry a cross, but I mean, some elements might have been very true. I guess it might have been gone. It might have gone a little bit overboard, but the fact of the matter is, he was tortured significantly before he was crucified. So that was the whole point, and he just just took it. I'm, yeah, and I'm just like, how is he? How is he supposed to carry the cross and eventually get crucified if you keep beating him like this? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so. And I think that's what what Mel Gibson was was nailing. So he was, he was trying so to, to speak. Yeah, <laughs> pun intended, right? Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to give us um, an element of the human aspect of Jesus, and he, between his birth all the way to even though it's focused on his last twelve hours, the passion itself. Because um, a, a lot of times we're we're that's, I mean I'm Christian, so I can kind of talk on it, but. Uh, We've, we're systematically taught the faith, um, and because we're systematically taught the faith, a lot of like the real elements of it are overlooked or skipped, like the human element. People, like, yeah, go ahead. Say, yeah. People focus, and, and I used to go to church from the ages of thirteen to twenty-two. Yeah. Right, and um, a lot of the focus that I learned that I saw in a, even in a Presbyterian church, yeah, was um, they focus more on on the divinity of Jesus. Exactly. Right. They forget that he was also a man. Exactly. I mean, albeit a perfect man, but he still experienced what we feel. Exactly. Like he felt temptation. Yeah. He felt emotion. anger. He felt emotion, but he knew how to handle it better because he's directly from yeah. God. So, um, yeah. So to, to just give, not to go too, too much into the faith, but to, to give you the, the timeline of it, like we have the Old Testament that depicts the rules of the faith and how we're supposed to live by the book as far as the rules go, the Ten Commandments and all of that. And actually a historical timeline that leads us into the New Testament so we understand why things are in the New Testament. And that being said, throughout that Old Testament, you see human fuck-ups from the beginning to the end each time God gives us a second chance. So, I mean, the main reason... I mean, so this, this movie is The Passion, which is basically... New the, Testament. The, exactly. And then the last 12 hours of Christ, which is the most important part of the church. Uh, it's the basis of the church. Um, that the, 
the reason why Jesus came and died for all sins so that we can have eternal life, et cetera, et cetera. And these people crucify him thinking that they're doing some good, but like, but people, it's, it's all for nothing. Yeah, but I, I think more so it's also important to understand that even though he did die for us, part of the fulfillment of, of, of the rule. So, so like, <clears throat> it's, under, it's, it's important to understand what's going on. So the beginning, the Old Testament is a set of rules of how to live. Strict to guide you, strict, strict rules, rules to how to live. And we fuck up in enforcing that and actually practicing that. So part of the reason why he comes as a man and dies for us is also to show us how to live those rules. And he goes... Not that he he strays away from the rules, but he goes and emphasizes the, the gist of actually following these rules is just living by an aspect of love. Don't be a dick. Exactly, and being an example as yeah. opposed to like like don't just being talk judgmental. about it. Yeah, just being as far as as far as it's about being an example as opposed to being judgmental and pointing the finger all the time. And like, when this is how it's supposed to be. And, and when you're and when you're being an example, yeah. don't don't just do it to show off. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all predicated on humility. Right. Like, like I've seen guys who go on a date with a girl before, and they want to show off how sensitive they are by giving money to some, to, to a homeless guy on the street when they otherwise never would. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I think that that was what Mel was driving, and also like back to my whole point about it being the human element, like because we're systematically taught this faith. Like you say, we're we're always focused on the divinity aspect, but in reality, there's a relate. The importance is a relationship, and the relationship aspect is closer than that whole Jesus and God is up here and we are down here. It's more very much close, um, because with the disciples, he talked with his boys. We are also exactly we also made in his image, so a lot of the things that we 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 are are very godly. We, I mean, we're not God, of course, but there is a connection. Um, based on that, uh, that say, we always overlook. So he is closer to us than he is distant, and I think that's what he's trying bridge. to. Yeah, the bridge is a lot closer than we are taught in that systematic, you know. Element. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, in church, it's like they do try to like give like a certain, instill a certain fear in you about that a little bit at times. Exactly. Like, but Christ didn't come here to scare us. He came here to give us a boost. Yeah. It's it's more it's less predicated on faith, more. More indulged in love. Yeah, the message is what counts. That's, 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 that's really what it is. The message is what counts. When people fucked it up, I mean, yeah. I yeah. like I've been to, I've been to church since I was twenty two years old. Not 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 consistently at all. Nice. My thing was, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in a literal interpretation that the preacher is throwing to me every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like for exactly. me personally, it's like okay. The one thing I heard that really set me off, here's what set me off, really. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. There's this one thing in the Bible, this one passage in there, where a rich man, he goes to Christ and says, good master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. And Jesus is like, why do you call me good? Only only God's good. And then, But the, the, the rich man, he really yeah. wanted to know, and, he, was, and he, he really did lead a good life. Yeah. And Jesus knew that. It's like, there's one thing you haven't done. Sell all your goods. Sell everything you own. Yeah. And Jesus basically said after that, it's difficult but not impossible for the rich to get in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And my thing is like, okay, if we're made in God's image, we have the power to do good on our own volition. But the thing of it is, yeah. it's like anytime you do something good, that's not you. It's God working through you. But anytime you do something bad, well, that's your own dumbass fault. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that, I couldn't accept that. It's yeah. I I think I think I think 
it's important to understand that he, as much as he knows paths that we are supposed to go, he's given us the element of choice. So if we choose to do good, it's as Christians, it's supposed to be motivated by him, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily him doing it, but we aspire to be like him because he left the model through Jesus or whatever. Um, so the whole, the, the idea is with that option to choose the path that he doesn't know the path that you're going to choose. Oh, he knows. He, he doesn't know the check path. He doesn't. Jesus? God? He does not. He knows the, con if you decide to choose, he knows the consequence where it's going to lead, but he's left that decision to, for you to choose. Otherwise you just be a robot if he knows what you're going to choose. I you get what I'm saying? I, I, I think an omniscient God knows everything yeah. before it happens. Even like, for example, in the in the Garden of Eden, after they ate from the tree of knowledge, yeah. and God's like, Adam, where are you at? Like, you know where he's at. You just want to hear. You just want to hear. Yeah, him say of course. It. I mean, but he still gave them that option. Yeah. To either you eat the apple, or you, he gave them the full warning: don't eat the apple. Yeah. Or this is going to happen. But he he always gives us that element to choose. That is what makes us the individual. What well, you mean without without surprises? Yeah, but he knows if we choose this path, this is what's going to happen. He already mm -hmm. knows what's going to happen, but he gives us the option. That that is the whole element of you picking which side you want to go, and at the end of it, you're going to be judged. Yeah. Okay. Basically Otherwise, it's a, it's a joke. If it's if it's if he knows, okay, this is what he's going to do. Then what's the, what's the point of judging? That's why so many. That's why there are so yeah, many atheists. This is, exactly. There's a there's an element of an option where you are the, you as an individual has to choose what you want to do. Basically, um, choice, free reign, yeah, free choice. Yeah, um, but not to get too far off the actual movie. Um, there also, I've, like as as he is being prepared for crucifixion, there are elements of reflection of things that he did prior to you know flashbacks, flashbacks. So like even at the, there was a scene where he's being beaten in the, in the midst of the Jews. And literally a few days, like on Palm Sunday, he arrives in Jerusalem mm -hmm. being heralded as a king yeah. by the same people. By the same people. And a couple of days later, he's getting beaten to death and they're cheering for it. See, that's, so, that, 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 that's, that's, what, that's what Christ's life was, basically. Yeah. A life of persecution and eventual yeah. crucifixion at the hands of the very people he was sent to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool, like, how Mel kind of put everything together. Like, the movie starts at the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying. Praying so hard that he's bleeding. And the whole aspect for that is right, right again depicting the human aspect of he, Jesus because he's scared. he was scared to death I of mean, what's going to happen. I mean, he knows that he was sent to Earth on a suicide yes. mission, but the human part of it is like, God, Shit, I don't want to die. Yeah, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. If you can make this go away, please exactly. do. But exactly. If it's your will that I die, then fuck it, yeah, so be it. Exactly. So he's depicting that. And also, like, certain elements like he has built relationships with people that he loves, his disciples, disciples, his mom, you know, other people that follow him, and he's going to have to leave them. So these things are what he is kind of, what is hurting him. It's like the human part of him, I know, let's say, this scares me. Yeah. I don't want to die, even though I know I'm going to be back three days later. Right. But still, though. But still. It's like, still it's, scary. It's still scary as a human. So I think that's what Mel was, you know, aiming for. And like, he was locked in, because even in that, 
obviously when you whenever you're scared and you you're having second thoughts, there's always temptation of picking the other side. Right. And that's where he injects the devil in that same and scene. crushes the snake. Snake, yeah. To kind of illustrate that he's locked in. If, like, if, you know, if, so. and that scene, the, the the scene in the garden at night when he's when he's praying so hard that he's sweating blood, yeah. and then Lucifer comes out. Lucifer is portrayed as a woman in this film. Is it Rosalind Rosalind something? It's an Italian actress. Oh, so I, I just thought it was. Well, I mean, it, deliberately it, androgynous. Yes, because there's no eye. I mean, there's no eyebrows. There's no facial hair. Yeah, that's a woman. But it, he, he still looks like a guy. But um, I think. Mel was very strategic about how he did that because I think he picked the woman so that his, the features are a lot softer. Yeah. And you can't really decipher if it's a man or a woman because there's really no facial hair at all. Especially when Lucifer's holding that baby that looks like an old man. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. But that exactly. whole scene in the garden, it, yeah. like anytime Lucifer appears in this film, looking at looking at the camera or Jesus, for example, yeah. it's like is this supposed to, is this like a has elements of like a psychological. Uh, spiritual horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like yeah, at times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It does yeah. have ominous portenses about it, and it's like it, it, it does, it does veer towards a dark, towards darker areas. Yeah, uh, and I don't even know is, is Mel Gibson a Catholic? I don't know because um, he definitely he, emphasizes like the he, Virgin Mary a lot. He, he ain't Jewish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, obviously, because yeah, he, they they don't like him. Nah, yeah, but um, but yeah, um, I think he again the human element of mother, son, or parent, child is very much depicted in you know her. Because we overlook the fact that she's her son is about to die, and she's seeing this. Yeah. So she's having flashbacks of you know raising him. Um, and the scene where he made her using his carpentry skills, he made her uh, the, the chairs. Yes, yes, yes. And right. she's amazed at the height of the, the height of the table in relation to the chairs. Yeah. And he says, "These tall chairs." She's like, "Mary's like they will never catch on." And he's like, "Yeah, they will." I'm like, "I'm God. I know they will." Catch yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's like a humorous element in the film, right there. Exactly. It's depicting the relationship between mother and son. Yeah. Um, and again, it's also very similar. The, Again, that whole divine God is up here. We are down here. It's mm -hmm. really, it's really important to understand that we're His children, and we're actually that that bond is a lot closer than it is separate. Because He feels when we disappoint, He feels that disappointment. But as, as you've seen, even in real life, when kids when kids commit crimes and stuff, you see the parent like on TV saying shit like, "I couldn't." Possible, like there's this disappointment, but there's always like shock and disappointment. Like I yeah, can't imagine. They it. never come. They never condemn the child. They never. They never. They never think it's their kid until it's their kid. Yeah, yeah. And even in that, even even with that, there's rarely condemn condemnation of the child. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very. It's, like, it's important to understand that finding excuses. The relationship with us and God is very similar. Like like the Columbine. Like I remember one of the parents for the Columbine uh, killers. Like uh, they didn't condemn him even on his tombstone. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, we're sorry we failed you is all they said. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so it's important to understand that that relationship between us and God. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this. We don't want to take the whole time talking about this, but there's a lot of there's elements a, in this movie that we can go on forever. There's a lot of elements. I mean, like, one, here's another element. The uh, the depiction of Satan or Lucifer. Yeah. Like, during the, the road to Christ's crucifixion, 
there. You see Lucifer holding a baby in his hand that looks like a old, like a demonic yeah, old man. Old ass. And, and and he's staring right at the Virgin Mary. It's like this is a sly parody of when the Virgin Mary is holding baby Jesus. Yeah. It's like his way of giving two middle fingers at y'all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he repeatedly asked Jesus for the film, you're just one man. You cannot bear the burden yeah, of, of everybody's sins. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you tried the same shit with, uh, on God when you had that wager with him about Job, and look how that turned out for you. It works It works on us, though. We always commit. <laughs> yeah, we're, we always commit. We, are, we, we, always always, do, we always take L's, but... We always do the things that we know are the worst things yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we take L's, but yeah. And then we're forgiven because, again, like I said, there's a relationship between us and God, father and child, where we're never condemned. But we, I mean, there are consequences, just like parents give kids consequences when they go astray, but they're never condemned. They always re-embrace if the kid comes back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for the most part, yes. For the most part, yeah. Um, So, and then another thing is, very parallel, and again, it goes back to my whole point, Mm -hmm. right? We're in his image. A lot of the things are a lot closer than they are distant. When, when the parent is present and raises their child, a lot of times the child is never really grateful for a lot of the sacrifices the parent gives. They don't so, understand it. Exactly. Until they have their own child. Or, um, or at least until they get some maturity and get older. And there's usually no real way. Real way. I mean, I'm talking about parents that are really present. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So um, there's no real way of repaying that parent back. Because we actually take a lot of the shit for granted until we have our own children. And a lot of that is also the same with God. A lot of the stuff that he does for us, we take for granted. And but at the same time, it's like an unspoken deal. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it is. It it's is. like we raised you, so you, yeah, like you owe us, but you don't owe us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, more so <laughs> we owe him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but. Like God, like, like, like Ghost going at Tariq in power, like you owe me, little nigga. I gave you life. <laughs> it's bigger than that but yeah yeah, yeah i feel you <laughs> i feel you mm-hmm. shout out to power dog oh mm-hmm. uh, but yeah um anything specific that you like about this movie okay i did i when i saw it back when yeah. i was a junior in college i saw it with the campus crusade for christ at my school yeah and um some of them some of them were were in tears at the end of the film me i was amazed at the depiction but at the same time i'm like this was some of the most violent shit I've ever seen in the hella, film. Hella violent, bro. Like for over an hour, they, they 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 beat the living fuck out of him. They dislocate his shoulder, <laughs> nail him. Hella violent. And that was Mel Gibson's hands that they were showing being nailed. Oh, it was his. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I didn't know that. And it's like it's like I I see what you went through, but yeah. I'm just, I'm not I'm not even mad at you. I'm just mad at humanity for being so damn stupid. We always are though. We fuck everything up. And your peoples, your disciples. That's pretty noble. And your disciples. Uh, the only person that was with with his mother the entire time was what Peter. Peter, yeah. Yeah, Peter was with with Virgin Mary and Mary Magdalene the whole time when all the other cyper, all the other disciples either abandoned him or denied him flat out. Peter did too. He Peter, was, three he times. Was, yeah, he was he was ashamed of it. He was ashamed. Of, that's probably why he stuck around. Yeah, but, he um, ended up being the the founder of the church. Yeah, he did, and yeah. Saint Peter right at the gates of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's depiction Judas. Judas is scary. At it's like he committed suicide in the film. Yeah, I mean, as was as was depicted in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the um, like he regrets it right Stop afterwards. Seeing shit. Like, what's it called? I want to give the money back. Take I want to give coins. the money back. No, 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 no. If you if you think you condemn an innocent man, nigga, that's on you. 
Keep they, the money. They actually took the money and they they they, they used it for some graveyard. Yeah, they, they took the money and then like yeah, and then just left Judas to his own yeah, devices. Yeah, use it for like a I forget a graveyard for foreigners. I forget what it's called, but there's a graveyard for foreigners that they use the pieces to help. Sidebar in the film Dracula 2000, they said Dracula's origin is that he is As Judas, Judas Iscariot. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Shout out to horror movie fanatics. Yeah, that yeah. was that was actually a, that was actually the best Dracula depiction I've seen. Yeah, that's a good one. In addition, yeah, Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate looked reasonable in the film, saying, "I don't want to, I don't want to kill you if you're actually innocent, dude. So just speak, speak yeah. on your own behalf." And the reason why they forced his hand is because Jews or rabbis are not allowed to kill anybody, even though they they pretty much enforce the law amongst their people. They're still subordinates to Romans, so the Romans have to give you a, a green light. To yeah. be able to kill, so that's why they brought him to him. And when he was like, he's not, he has done. Nothing he hasn't done wrong. anything wrong. What's he done? Show me. Show so, me some proof. So they, yeah, they guilted him by saying this guy is saying he's God, which means he's higher than than Caesar. Yeah. So he got a little scared that okay, if I let this guy go and they how's say it gonna make me look? Yeah, how's it gonna make me look? And they say what he say is, and he he creates a rebellion. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna suffer the consequence. So he was like, all right, mark him. Yeah. Three but, day, three days yeah. later, they realized how stupid they were. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're here today because of that, right? So. Indeed. <laughs> and so. um, also, looking at it like a look, comparing it to another film, Martin Scorsese's uh, "The Last Temptation of Christ," which came out in '88. And I don't know you, if I ever saw that. I, I know about it. I don't think I saw it. Well, Willem Dafoe, he played Jesus in that film. Okay. Yeah, that was a, that was a film that focused on Christ's humanity. Like, what's it called? Okay, he was he was divine. He's from God, but he's also a human being. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's let's take a look at his relationship with Mary Magdalene, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I know he felt some temptation to get with her, and of whether course. or not he did he's, get I with mean, her, yeah. who knows? I mean, I, and it goes back to my point. We're so systematically taught about the faith, but I mean, God, Jesus was human, so he definitely had interest in, in a significant other. This nigga turned water into wine. Yeah, I mean, so he felt that emotion too. Uh, he felt temptation. He got, yeah. he got, I hope y'all aren't offended, but Jesus got a heart on. I mean, yeah, he's a man, dog. He's a man, but never acted on it. Yeah, so if that was the woman that he was into, it was... It's only natural. Yeah, it's only natural. There was definitely some temptation to get with. And he probably had relationships with women, but they, they wasn't depicted. It wasn't, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like he know. experienced everything man did, but never, never yielded to temptation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he's, he's supposed to be... He's basically the blueprint of how we should live as Christians, as opposed... So, yeah, the fulfillment of the law, which we fucked up in trying to like enforce and, 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 and enact. Enforce and interpret. And yeah. interpret and enact. So he just said, okay, I'm here. I'm going to show you how it's done. Follow my example. And we still fucked up because we still do a lot of shit that we were doing in the Old Testament. We do. Today. So um, if you actually look at how he lived, he never condemned nobody. He was never judgmental. He was always about... All right, you fucked up. Get up and try again. Another another thing in comparison to the Last Temptation of Christ, the relationship with his mother. Yeah. And the temptation in of that Christ, one. Yeah. In this right. one, it's like when he's when he's on the road to being the disciple. Finally, like after after the whole forty days and forty nights in the desert, when yeah. he's like, okay, I know my plan now. Yeah. They show one thing in the film where it's like Jesus, Jesus, his virgin Mary's his mother trying to call out to him. Yeah. Come out to me, Jesus. Um, I had no mother. My mother, my I, my mother and father are the people that walk with me, who walk with me on my road. They they did that, and she's just sitting there left in tears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a literal interpretation. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I mean, but even in the Bible, there are, there are elements where he conflicts or contradicts or seemingly contradicts based on the interpretation. Of no, but he writing. always what happens is he will he would he would put his foot down, or he'd say like like the time he got missing and they found him in the I'm in, in, the, in the temple. House. He's at my father's house, and so. But he would, he, at the end of the day, he would let them, he would remind them why he's here, mm-hmm. but he'd still obey and go with them. Right, yeah. Even in the time, the time where he resurrected Lazarus, um, when Lazarus dies, like, Mary's sister is pissed off because God, he's not around. Mm-hmm. He's dead for like three days. So yeah. like, like, they're like, if he was around, he could have saved him. So they over, you could just imagine this, just imagine it in a human element. Like, you come from preaching somewhere. You come in, they're like, yo, Lazarus is dead. Where the fuck were you? You should have been here to help him. And yeah. they're all like, you know, coming like, they're all poking. I'm like, yo, you should have been here. You should have been here. So he actually gets pissed. Okay, watch this all, y'all. Watch yeah, this. He actually gets pissed. And then it wasn't until his mom comes and she's like, yo. What, what gives? What's yeah, up, man? Yeah, yeah, Like, all right, all right. Watch this all, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Resurrection Boulevard, bitch. Exactly. Yo, but he always says something. He always says something to them to remind them, yo, I'm here for a greater purpose. Yeah. But then out of the emotion of the love that he has for his family members, he went and resurrects, he goes and resurrects Lazarus. So there's a, always a human element in every single portion of his life, but we always overlook that shit. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, always overlook that shit. And he and just, the, just as much of a man as another, me. Another time it was, it was the temple where people are, they've changed the temple into a market. Yeah. And he gets pissed off and he goes and throws all their fucking kiosks and stuff like this is my father's house exactly like the element of rage and anger yeah it's there it's present yeah so i've seen that before yeah i mean but yeah i think we we, we've been on this drone for a minute but let's continue and then we'll wrap up in a bit all right yeah yeah, yeah. okay i mean it's so it's a deep thing it is a deep thing so yeah yeah all right the next up is royal rumble of 1989 this was technically the inaugural royal rumble event for pay-per-view, that is. The weakest one for me. And it took place on January 15th, 1989 at the Summit in Houston, Texas. Shout out to my Capricorns. <laughs> <laughs> three, three days after your, after, your, after your sixth birthday. I don't That's know what right. you're talking about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this was, I say technically at first because the first Royal Rumble actually appeared on national television on the USA Network in 1988 as sort of a test run where they had like a 20-man battle royal but it was so successful they decided to try for pay-per-view events a year later mm-hmm. okay and after after its success it became one of the big four one of the big four of the wwf pay-per-view events after mm-hmm. before wrestlemania SummerSlam, and uh the survivor series and the royal rumble it centers on a Royal Rumble match, which is a modified battle royal in which 30 participants, they enter at timed intervals instead of all being in the ring at the beginning of the match. The rules are simple. Basically, two wrestlers start out at first and every three minutes a wrestler comes in. Now, going over the top rope and with both feet hitting the ground is a sole method of elimination, even though there are limited exceptions, as there were in this in this event. You know the funny thing? When I was a child, the concept of this match was my favorite. It was my favorite match, but it never was the best match. But yeah. it was always my, like, the concept always excited me. Because like, you get to see all the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's a free-for-all. Exactly. Yeah, and the, last, and the last wrestler left standing after all the other people have been eliminated, that's the one who wins the Royal Rumble. Now, until 1992, there was no official prize for winning the Royal Rumble. 
Yeah. I mean, there may, have been, there may have been some prestige or big honor about it. Yeah. And it was implied that there was a large cash award for the winner of the Royal Rumble. But right. starting with the 1992 Royal Rumble, Ric Flair, he won that year's Rumble. And the prize, that was, mm-hmm, that's his boy. The legendary one. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest matches of all time. We said that last, I said that last you season. You said it last, last season, yeah. Go check that episode out. Mm-hmm. The GOAT, one of the GOATs. Exactly. But uh, yeah, Ric Flair won that year's Royal Rumble, and what was up for grabs was the vacated WWF title. Yeah. But after that, the Royal Rumble became an official, became an essential part of the road to WrestleMania because the winner of the Royal Rumble would, would gain a guaranteed title shot at whoever the WWF champion is at that year's WrestleMania. That's right. I never actually paid attention to that, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this Royal Rumble, here's how it starts off. A six-man tag tag match where um, what was it? Yeah. Two, but with the best two, two out of three falls. falls. This is the first. This is not the first one, but this is the first one I saw. And then the most, the most prominent one was the one in SummerSlam. 90. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. The first match here was Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Hart Foundation against um, who was it? Dino Bravo yeah. and the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. The Canadian squad. Yeah. Funny thing is. Only, only Hacksaw was the American. He was the only American. Jim Neidhart. Oh, Jim Neidhart. I thought he was Canadian, too. No, no, he's from Vegas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Jim Neidhart and Hacksaw were the only Americans in the match. I thought he was Canadian because he was always Heart Foundation. And he, mar- and he married a heart. Yeah, he married a heart. I always I always imagined that he was a Canadian, I guess. Okay. And the commentary was funny for this. What's it called? Jesse Ventura, he says, Hacksaw, that guy's a peanut for a brain. Goat commentator. My favorite commentator of all time. Shout out to Jesse the Body. The governor himself. The governor, governor of Minnesota. Minnesota. That's my guy. Yeah, they... um. <laughs> this is the best match to me. I enjoyed this match. It was I, funny as hell. I did enjoy it, especially with Bret Hart in there. And he's one of the best technical wrestlers ever. And the Rougeaus, people sleep on the Rougeau brothers. Yeah, they, they can actually wrestle. They could wrestle. They put Hart in the, the Le Bombe de Rougeau yeah. for the first fall. Yeah. And, and Hart, he That's sold actually it. an underrated finishing move. It is, man. Yeah, yeah. And the Rougeau brothers, they come to the ring with those comically small American flags Trying to parody the Relocating whole... Relocating to US... Memphis, Tennessee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to parody all those pro-USA people with those big-ass flags like Hacksaw and Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else was it? Uh, yeah, the Gorilla Monsoon and Hacksaw and... um, What's his name? Jesse, Jesse Ventura. They yeah. did remark that some of these wrestlers that were in this match, Dino Bravo and yeah. Hacksaw, yeah. they're not used to the, uh, the dynamic of tag-teaming. And it shows. That is true. That is true. And also, another thing that happened during this match, Bret Hart, a Canadian, getting the crowd to yell, USA! So weird. In retrospect, it's so weird. You sell out. You're a Canadian from up north, literally. Right, right. And and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he's a good wrestler, but he comes off, his gimmick comes off as like a a retarded pro-American. Yeah, yeah. Because in this this fight, he doesn't have to do this in order to win, but he hits Dino Bravo with his his, uh, trademark 2x4. I was telling you the other day, he was uh, he was one of them wrestlers that could go toe to toe with anybody. He could. He was just dumb as hell. Just dumb as hell. Just wait till I get my two by four. Stupid. Oh, you stupid as hell. He was like for me. He was like the Haku of the of the faces. But uh, Haku wasn't the reason why Haku lost was was not because he was stupid. Yeah. Hatsou lost a lot of matches because he was stupid as hell. Mm-hmm. But like like for instance, Haku he could go toe to toe with anybody. On the other side, I mean, he lose usually, but and the same shit that he did right here, he does it a year later in in a WrestleMania six. 
He hits Dino Bravo, I think it was, with the two by four to win the match. Yep. But he still gets jumped afterwards. And as Gorilla Monsoon put it, you may have won the battle, but you lost the war. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, Dino Bravo at this point in time was still like a prominent. Looked like he was on the come up, but they didn't know how to use him. No, they didn't. He so, had Frenchie Martin as yeah. his uh, as his manager. Yeah, like between eighty seven and eighty nine, they were like promoting him pretty well, like that he had potential to be something. And then they, when they figured out they didn't know what to do with him, they just kind of tossed him to the wind pretty much. Yeah. Although in ninety two, he did have he did make a return on primetime wrestling when he was wrestled Randy one, Savage. Was that when he had like the brunette hair, the brunette hair and the red outfit. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this, this is Dino Bravo? What happened to him? Yeah. But yeah, that was that match. The um, the Hearts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, they won that match. And uh, the Gr- Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura were arguing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it ingenuity or is it cheating? Man, I love, I love Jesse, though. He's a funny dude. Like, I, I appreciate him even more now than when I was a child. His commentary, a lot of the times, is true. It's sensible. Even though he, um, he usually supported the heels. Which I kind of do, but now. some some of his comments make sense about the, about the heels and the faces. Yeah, like, yeah I agree, hundred percent. Like Hogan, what he said about Hogan here during the Rumble, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. thank you for once. I agree with you. I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree most of the time with what Jesse says. I totally agree. And then now, especially me now, like I I'm more of a heel supporter than I am a, a face. So um, I appreciate a lot of the bad guys now. Than I was when I was a child. Some of those faces were 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 low key bad guys. Hogan was a low key bad guy. I'm convinced of that now. Fuck Hogan though. I can't stand Hogan. I liked Hogan as a child. Me too. Me too. But as I got older, it just makes more I, sense. I, to, I can't stand that dude. Dog. It makes more sense to dislike Hulk Hogan when you get older. It's like it's like being a comic fan and seeing that the Joker actually makes more sense than Batman as you get older. Yeah. Shout out. I've always loved the Joker though. That's my guy. The Heath Ledger Joker. He makes the most sense. Even the character in general. I've always loved the Joker. He's one of my favorite like. Heels. Or, I said heels, yeah. Well, he's a heel. You Antagonists or whatever you want to call it. Um, but um, and Speaking of heels, after this match, most yeah. of the... Uh, when we see the drawing for the Royal Rumble, most of the heels were not happy with their drawings. Like the Million Dollar Man, he he paid Slick just to get his drawing. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Hey, Slick, <laughs> Slick, are you uh, you happy with your drawing? All right, come here for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. And Slick tried to play it off later on like he never talked to the Million Dollar Man. Oh, I thought you meant last week, my brother. Why did it make my man... Anyway, we'll get to that in the gimmick episode, dog. But my man Slick was such a stereotype. I mean, A all black the, pimp. Yeah. yeah. All, I mean, all the gimmicks had very strong stereotypes. They did. Yes, they did. Yeah, yes, but, they um, effing did. Yeah. But screw Hogan. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Hogan. Had to, I had to reiterate that. Um, okay, the WWE... But he's a legend, but screw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, the next match was for the WWF Women's Championship match. It had Rockin' Robin, who's Jake the Snake Robert's sister... Against Judy Martin. Right. Yeah, sensational Sherry. She played a huge part in this match. And she interrupts. Commentary. She interrupts at first. Yeah, she was in commentary. Yeah. yeah. And wanted to wanted to and she challenges she said openly challenged the winner to the winner of this fight. But the thing is, during the commentary, she mm-hmm. proves she doesn't like either one of them. Yeah, yeah. And the match was less than seven seven minutes long. Yeah. And Rockin' Robin, she won she won the match she actually. That title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny thing is about that about this match right here though. Mm-hmm. It would be another five years before they'd have a women's title match at a pay-per-view event. This is the last one they would have up until 93. Who, was that when um, Alondra Blaze came back? Yeah, Alondra Blaze. Yeah, when she came uh, when she came back, that's when um, 
Who did she Bushi win beat the title win the title off of? I forget who was there a tournament for that or something. I forget, but I remember she had the title in ninety three and ninety four, and she was the only prominent female wrestler that I remember. I remember Bertha Faye came out of nowhere and whooped her ass. Bertha but, Faye? Yeah, it's like a big a teddy bear, teddy bear type of gimmick. She was big as hell. I remember she beat she beat Alundra Blaze's ass one time. Alundra Blaze, shout out to Medusa. Yeah, Medusa. I actually that's how I knew her first from mm-hmm. WCW. She was with the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That jump right there. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about the super pose down between the Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental Champion, and Ravishing Rick Rude. This was... Shout out to my man. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. He got a Ravishing Rick Rude shirt on. Look at that right there. I got to pay homage to some of the greats. That's my man. And yeah, Rick Rude influenced a lot of people in and out of wrestling. In wrestling, Val Venus, the porn star <laughs> gimmick that was during the Attitude Era, yeah. he do the whole, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And Michael Bennett, the the defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks, he would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Like, he does. Maybe he does tackle do, somebody. He does like, do the Rick Rude jersey swivel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about. He does do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um. The pose down, the warrior, he runs to the ring and Jesse Ventura rightly calls him an idiot and tells him that he should get rid of all that facial face pain too. <laughs> but the warrior, he had to like he was a like a retarded mandingo mandingo down in there. Duh. Every like, time you talk about the warrior, I fucking love the warrior. Uncivilized. But he sucks as a wrestler. But I enjoy his gimmick. He's, he's such a brute. Yeah. I only and to be honest, I, I enjoy watching his matches because there's just brute. There's no skill. There are only three matches of his that I enjoy, uh, like, as, a, as, as far as an entertainment standpoint of it being a solid match. These two Rick Rude matches and the WrestleMania 7 career ending match. The rest of his matches are just a blur to me. But there are a few of them where he just dominates the jobbers. I enjoy those. His music was hella dope. Yeah. His gimmick, the way he came to the ring, super hype was dope. I mean, the steroided man, larger than life, muscle man was dope as well. I just love his colors that he would always yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Like that crazy aspect of him was dope. I love that. But as a wrestler, he was terrible. Yeah, even fellow wrestlers, like the the, the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior that yeah. came out in, in two thousand. Nobody really liked him. Nobody. Yeah, nobody really liked him. Even even the uh, the managers, Bobby Heenan, spoke on that saying he could, he could, he could fuck up a cup of coffee. Yeah, seriously. And he was very arrogant from what they're saying. He was. Even, yeah. Mc, even McMahon didn't like him. Yeah, but McMahon you understood his, his marketing value. That's why he kept him. That's why he like, kept him. But it's like, okay, like like the SummerSlam 1991. One. Yeah. Yeah, where the warrior tried to strong arm McMahon saying, I want this amount of money. And McMahon's like, okay, I'll give it to you. But come the event, it's like, uh-uh, you're fired as soon as the event was over. Exactly. Or as soon as his match was over. Exactly. Oh, I forgot to say before we go, rest in peace, Butch. I saw that he died. The Bushwhackers, yes. Butch. I never liked the Bushwhackers, but shout out, he's dead, so I mm-hmm. gotta give him my respects. Shout yeah, out they, they were like a family-friendly gimmick, even though they like to lick people. Yeah, it was weird. They were just, yeah. They were, they were just mad to me. I never really, after the Doom, doom, Yeah, dun. yeah, cousin. Yeah, they were just there. But, you know, a death is a death, so respects to him and his family. Shout yeah. out to him. They were definitely like, um... They were definitely part of our childhood and watching pro wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they 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 never won no titles. They were they were probably they, they were just there. They were, they were probably jobbers almost. They were like high end jobbers. High end jobbers, yeah, yes. High end jobbers, yeah. So, but yeah, keep going on. We are okay. Uh, the pose down, yeah. The, the Houston they booed at Rick Rick Rude's pose down. Even though his was, 
actually professionally done and properly done. And the warrior, he just tries to crudely mimic Rick Rude's poses, but he still manages to win somehow because he's a face. He's doing like, ah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just looking at you like, dude, you 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 belong in a special class. And pause, pause. Yeah. But Rick Rude definitely had the better of the two bodies. Rick Rude had more symmetry. Yeah. A more realistic look to his muscles. I mean, even they're both on steroids, but Rick Rude at least looked more realistic. There's definitely better symmetry. Uh-huh. And looked more realistic. Rude, um, Warrior just had muscles all over the place. And Rude's abs, they just look so sculpted. Especially yeah, when he oiled them bad. up, no no broke back. Yeah, yeah, when he oiled them sure. up. But yeah, his, his, his like symmetry he, was dope. You can, you can be a straight man and admire another no, man's features. No, I, I, I agree. Like, especially if you go to the gym, you know. So, uh, so like, this shit was, was, was he, had a, he had a decent body. Warriors, and the reason why I, I actually side with Rude was because of those elements. Like, the symmetry, the realistic muscle, whereas Rude, well, Warriors looked a lot more steroid effective. Steroid, and like he didn't, yeah. under, like he didn't understand the whole point of the pose down there. And that too, just, like he just... The, the stand, doing some, stand, doing some standing crunches and growling. Just very rude, and then just stomping, of, yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah, so Rude, he got sick of it and finally attacked him. Yeah. But he didn't, he was, like you said earlier, uh, he didn't spray something in the warrior's eyes, which had no effect on him. It's like, you're supposed to react to that shit. <laughs> yeah. What did he spray in you that had no effect on you? Was it lotion? Warrior's an idiot, dog. <laughs> yeah, Keenan, he didn't spray that on him. Rude attacked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the warrior gets up out of his attack, he attacks all those, uh, all those official officials, officials yeah, that yeah. were trying to help him. It's, yeah, and then yeah, runs, yeah. runs out of the ring and runs to the back. It's like, yeah, it's just, this is just so stupid. Yeah, it's basically a, a way to heighten the segue to rest, the WrestleMania match. Yeah, pretty which much. Was, which was one of my favorite matches in that WrestleMania. It was hilarious. I mean, Rude Ru got his ass beat, but he won. Mm-hmm. And all, all the people during this pose down who were participating in it, they're all dead now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the Fink. Even the Fink, yeah. Even the Fink, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to all of them, yeah. And next up, we talk about the King of the Ring match between King Haku... And the former king, Harley, Harley Race. Race. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Ventura, during the commentary, he does some like foreshadowing. He's like, maybe I ought to run for king. I'm like, you, you become king. Yeah. Like, eventually. So, yeah. He becomes a governor. He's, he's a, he's like a very liberal hippie. Mm, yeah, he is a hippie. Yeah, he's very much a hippie. And he's, he's, he's a G because he was a former Navy SEAL. Yeah, it's true. So, to get into that, you gotta be. And he was in Predator. You gotta be a G. And he was in Predator. He was Predator Running Man as well. Mm -hmm. He was, yeah. And even Demolition Man, he was in there. He was a oh, camera. yeah, he was. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But this match right here, there's plenty of headbutts. Um, and you notice that the, 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 the theme music for the king is always generic. Haku has it. Yes. Jerry, Jerry the King yes, Waller had it. they all had the same. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. That one. That joint. Yeah, I remember. And Haku wins a match when he catches Harley Race with a reverse thrust kick. Wins fair and square. No cheating. Yeah, no cheating. Despite being managed by Heenan. And they were saying during the match, who do you think Heenan's going to go with when the match ends? Whoever wins and has the money. And clearly, clearly in the match, he was definitely cheering for both of them. Whoever had the upper hand, he was cheering for. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but as soon as Haku won, it's like, fuck you, nigga. I'm going with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Haku, man. Like, Meng, one of the toughest dudes he's, ever in pro wrestling. Like Off, off wrestling, he's, he's so respected. He's badass. Even Macho Man, Macho Man said one time he would have Rick Rude and, and Haku yeah. to watch his back when he go to a bar. Yeah, because they're both badass. Haku, 
The stories I heard about him. Me too. Yeah, he's a tough dude. You know them Samoans and Fijians and Tongans? They're no joke. They got some mm-hmm. unlimited natural manpower. And he used to whoop a lot. He, people, people were scared of him. And Haku, he didn't even wear no boots in the ring. He was barefoot. Yeah, That's was, how powerful he was. Yeah, he was also like mixed martial arts type of guy and mm-hmm. sumo. Sumo infused in his style. Yeah. They could have used him a lot better. They could also use the Islander tag team with Tama. But... I mean, it is what it is. I, th- I think wrestling, they could have used those guys. They're such good wrestlers that they could have done more with them. He could have been. He could have been. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, on to the main event, the 30-man battle royal. The weakest one I've watched, but yeah, it the, is what it is. Yeah, the first two participants were Demolition, Axe and Smash. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, you're the participant? All right, fuck it. Let's just go at each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the third man that came in was Mr. Perfect, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Mr. Perfect, he actually lasted the lasted longer, the longest of everybody in here, over nearly 30 minutes, 27 yeah. minutes and yeah. 58 seconds. And he broke Bret Hart's record in the previous year's televised Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Hmm. Shout out to Perfect. That's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I, I, I love Mr. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the one thing I love about the Royal Rumble. It's a, it's a free-for-all where all these wrestlers who or otherwise don't got shit to do with one another, yeah. they're fighting each other to eliminate them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see Shawn Michaels wrestling Mr. Perfect in this, in this event. Mr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another great. Yes, and and who sh- and who had the shortest time in here? In Bushwhacker, the, right? No, the Warlord. Which one was? The, oh, that was ninety one when the Bushwhacker comes in and gets right back out in like mm-hmm. five seconds. Right, and the Warlord was shorter, like two seconds. Oh wow! As soon as he gets in, Hogan eliminates him. I see. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of Hogan, during the preview before the Royal Rumble event itself, yeah. Hogan is being interviewed. And he's pretty much trolling Macho Man. Yeah, we're partners, but I'm still called the champ, brother. Like you ain't the champ, so shut the fuck up. These these were tough times for me. <laughs> I knew everybody knows Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all Mine time. Mine too. And um, Mine too. He was the heavyweight champ, and his reign was so was dope. Over a year. Yeah, it was, it was a fire, and this was the beginning of the end. So I mean, they say Survivor Series '88, where you can start to see the mega powers coming apart. Right. That's right. That's it's correct. It's, that is accurate. But but the seeds get planted. The seeds are germinating here. Here, exactly. Exactly. Um, for example, when the Macho Man when he came in to wrestle, right? Yeah. He came in just came in with his bandana and his sunglasses still on. Didn't even bother to take them off. Yeah. Right. And um, Hogan he eliminates the Brain Busters, both of them, the Warlord. Bad News Brown, and then the Macho Man back to back. Yeah. And the and when Macho Man got eliminated, he got heated because of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was ready to fight Hogan yeah. until Miss Elizabeth came down. Yeah. And basically had them shake hands and settle the dispute. Yeah. But I'm like, Hogan. I mean, it's every man for himself. But really, you're the you're the biggest wrestler in the company, and you basically give everybody a reason to hate you. Yep. He did the same thing the following year with the Warrior. Yeah, he did. Oh, he eliminated the Warrior. He did. And there was just them two in the ring that was left, right? So there was no, they there was a point where there was just them two, mm-hmm. and they started doing the crisscross. Yeah, this is within that two minutes before the next participant comes in. Uh huh. Um, but then later on, when more participants come in, he kind of comes from behind and throws him out with a bunch of other people, kind of like how he did with Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck Hogan. And, the, but, twi- yeah. and the, the Twin Towers, they enter right after Savage gets eliminated. They come in back to back. Yeah, whoop on Hogan. And that, that, that was Ted DiBiase's deal with them. He basically switched his uh, spot with them. With them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, and uh, 
Oh yeah, they the who, who twin towers. Ta- Hogan out? Was it the twin towers? The twin towers eliminated Hogan, and Good. he was and he was a, and he was a, and like this is what I was talking about earlier about Jesse Ventura calling out the faces like Hogan, you're a sore loser. Go back. You yeah. got eliminated. Like thank you. Yeah. What you pulling people out for? That shit all the time. He did this shit with Sid Justice too. Yeah. And Sid rightly eliminated him. Yeah. Sid's elimination of Hogan was legit. Hogan was so was sore. This. So was this. Exactly. Hogan was a sore loser, man. Yeah. I'm like, just get out the ring, man. And he pulls the boss man out twice to the point where the boss man pretty much just follows him back to the state, yeah, to, to the yeah, back. back, back like, yeah. dude, you're still in. Yeah. And and the and like I said earlier, there's limited exceptions to being eliminated and to eliminating yourself. Yeah. Andre the Giant, he eliminated himself here because what's it called? Jake the Snake, who was oh, when the snake came in. back with Damien, yeah. yeah. And that scared Andre, who had a feud with Jake at the time. Yeah, the scared of him before we went out of the ring. Yeah. Like, like, nigga, you ain't Indiana Jones. You bigger than that snake. You can crush it. Exactly. Crush that, crush that joint like Jesus in the garden. <laughs> ah, yeah. Shout out to the passion. Mm-hmm. Jesus put that foot to the head. Yeah, they did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And Big John Stud, he was number 27. And check this out, though. I, Over... That dude was a pause. He was a big motherfucker. He was a big dude. Big dude. And this is the beginning of lucky number 27 because that would produce four more winners uh, really? for, for people who came in at entry 27, yeah. that were, uh, four, four people who came in and that won the Royal Rumble. Was Hogan one of them? And nah. Won? Nah. Who was, who was, who was, who else was there? Well, was Shawn Michaels was one. Oh, I remember that. But he won back to back one year. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. he did. In the 90s, I remember that. Yeah. But then in 2022, both numbers 28 and 30 would catch up. And 30, that would be, that would surpass, that would surpass everybody. Cause the, the 30th entry would have five winners by the end of, t- by the end of this year. I was about year. to say, I don't even remember. Why didn't any of the 30, by the time the 30 started to win, I think I'd stop watching. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was the weakest one. Um, but keep going. I think John Studd ended up, well, you know. Yeah, big John Studd. He ended up winning. Yeah. Ted DiBiase was the runner up. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Yeah, like and he, and Big John said he only had twelve minutes and twenty one seconds in the ring. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else was it? Uh. Yeah. After after Big John Stud won, Virgil tried Virgil tried attacking him, but to no avail. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This was a pivotal. This was a pivotal event in the breakup of the Mega Powers, yeah. as they would break up the before the next pay per view event, WrestleMania, WrestleMania five. five. Andre the Andre the Giant and Jake the Did Snake Roberts continue their feud. Yeah. Yeah. With Big John Stud becoming involved eventually as the guest referee in their match at WrestleMania Five. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, this wasn't the best Royal Rumble. I didn't like it, but it was. I guess it's the, the inaugural pay per view one. Um, like I said, ended it was up, a jump off. Yep, ended up jumping off and you know segueing you into WrestleMania, um, heightening the feuds that need be to sell the up up and coming WrestleMania. Right, and, right, yeah. Uh, Screw Hogan, because this led to the way of him winning that, regaining that title. Even though um, he shouldn't have. And for me, when Savage was the champion, that was like the height of the glory years of, of, of WWF. Well, he was a, he was a, he was a fun champion. He was more yeah. fun to watch. But I will say the best era of Macho Man was the Intercontinental heel Macho Man. He was he was great. He, he's entertaining either he way. He was great. He was entertaining either way, but he was great as the heel in the continental. His promos, the way he cheated to win. I loved that macho man. Some a lot of people don't even get to watch that because it was like in the late eighties, well, mid to late eighties, so some people didn't catch that era, but that was a great 
time. The Intercontinental title championship was even more entertaining than the heavyweight because they, they had, had more a prestige. lot. Yeah, they had more. Com- they had more competitors. It was like Jake the Snake. Um, Though he never won nothing. No, yeah, he never won. Jake the Snake, Hercules, um, the Honky Tonk Man, um, uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Yes, they were all. They were, these were all top wrestlers, all competing for the title, and Savage held it. But then, I mean, like I said, when when Honky Honky Tonk is a goat, he won that. He he had almost two years, he, and he was fighting these guys, cheating. But he was fighting. Cheating, yeah. But that era of Macho Man, <laughs> his promos back there were great. <laughs> and what they do with his promos now are funny as hell. I saw one the other day where it's like he's sweating like a whore in church. Got that Macho Man orange bandana on. Yeah, Hogan. The the, 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 the promo for uh, and then five. Then they reverse it, and like it looks like he's constipated from Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> like you sound constipated either way. Shout out to that because my 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 uh, what you call it? My motto for this year is cup of coffee in the big time. <laughs> That's from Savage's promos when he was in a continental championship. Cup of coffee in the big time. It's cup of coffee yeah. in the big time. That's what we're doing this season. Indeed. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this this was this wasn't the best Royal Rumble it for wasn't. me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't enjoy it. Even some of the ones during the Attitude Era were better. Like the ninety nine Royal Rumble where McMahon won. I think I stopped. I think <laughs> I, I think I checked out. I yeah, that, the, the, the promo for that Royal Rumble McMahon getting ready was like a bunch of Rocky type parodies where he's actually drinking raw eggs, learning how to stun people, yeah. punching meat. I must have seen it. because that was like getting ready to when I was checking out. Yeah, nine two thousand was when I kind of yeah, 99, you, for the first half of 99, you were still checking some stuff. Yeah, I was checking some stuff, but I, I don't remember that vividly. But that sounds funny. That definitely sounds funny. Yeah, and and, 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 the, and the, what's it called? The the, um, the I Quit match between The Rock and Mankind. I think I remember that one. <laughs> that was funny to me. Funny, yeah. yeah. Yeah, shout out to The Rock. We'll mm-hmm. touch base on him later. later. Yeah, but the gimmick thing, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we have one of him and, and, and Stone Cold. Yeah, we yeah, do. We so, have something like that proposed. So, yeah, so that would be a good a good episode. But yeah, um, that was that Royal Rumble. For historical context, I advise you to watch it. But for entertainment, you could skip it. Yeah, you could skip that. The, the other ones, subsequent ones, were more entertaining. Yeah. Especially when when more when more became on the line for the Royal Rumble. Exactly. Because this one right here, it's like there's no real prize. 1992. Flair. The Nature Boy. Check that one out. That's all I gotta tell you. But yeah. All right. Whatever, dog. I just said, yeah, check it out. That's all I was saying. Yeah, but yeah, you. All right, on to the <laughs> next. <laughs> um. All right, the next topic, the final topic is the Netflix TV series You, which is which just completed its fourth season. Yeah. And we talked about You during our very first uh, episode in our podcast, yeah, but season one, yeah. But as a refresher, it's already it's four seasons in now. And it aired in 2018 on the Lifetime channel originally, actually. It's about a bookstore. Was it? Was it? Yeah, it was on oh, Lifetime. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Which is surprising, all things considered. Yeah, all things considered. I, I found out on Netflix, but yeah. yeah I got put on through you. Oh, so really? To, I didn't so even know speak. that. <laughs> pun in, no pun intended. No pun, pun intended. Whatever you want to say. But yeah. yeah, it's about a bookstore manager who has sociopathic romantic tendencies. He, has a to- he develops a toxic obsession with a woman. And becomes homicidal in regards to any obstacles between them. It's like, I will have you whether you want it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the protagonist is portrayed by uh, Maryland born actor Penn Badgley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's from here. Yeah, he was born here. Word. 
And in the fourth season, uh, Penn Badgley, he plays Joe Goldberg. Yeah. He's posing as Jonathan Moore. At, and, um, and he's now residing in England, mm -hmm. in London, working as an English professor at a respected institution. Mm -hmm. And he's leading a very sedated existence, based especially after what happened last season with him. He's had to give up his son, kill uh, that girl, Love Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, season three, it his made wife. me wonder. Yeah, his wife. Made me wonder, how is he going to get out of this one? He always gets himself into a pickle, and it makes you wonder, how is he going to get out? And this he's, season... He's, dis he's dis disturbingly cunning. Yeah, yeah. Disturbingly, pathologically cunning. Yeah, yeah. Um... For this season, he's been following the, the, the black chick, Marianne, yeah. from last season. He's been following her around Europe in an attempt to locate her. Stalking her. Stalking, yes. Yeah. Stalking is the right word. <laughs> yeah. And in this new life of solitude, it gets disrupted when he begins to bond with a circle of wealthy and spoiled socialites. These motherfuckers are funny as shit to me. They but are. Yeah, keep going. And they all start dying, becoming picked off one by one. <laughs> That's right? the way to put it. By a serial murderer. <laughs> picked off, yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh. By some serial murderer who begins targeting their elite group. At first, we don't think it's Joe. But then... Yeah, he, exactly. But then, when he thinks he's being blackmailed and having evidence pinned on him by what he thinks is the killer, that's when he reverts back into his old habits. Yeah. Yeah, the killer plays mind games with him and his subconscious. And while trying to keep his true identity hidden from the group of spoiled socialites and catch the killer, he develops feelings for another woman this time around named Kate. Yeah. Who is who's similar to Joe? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that happen this season, like what I call a Fight Club Tyler Durden moment in regards to Joe, and 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 the killer, the Eat the Rich killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. felt like, and when he's around them in that mansion, it felt like a very like a clue type of scenario, like who done it? Who done it? Yeah. Which yeah. which we later find, which we later find out is deliberately misleading, a red herring. Completely. I was like, what the fuck? was going on and then I'm like yo someone really someone really has Joe at his mercy yeah we and find then, out it's and then later on it's like okay they introduce a completely different element that somehow we overlooked in the first three seasons yeah it kind of makes sense now but it makes sense now like I said a Tyler Durden fight club kind of way yeah exactly Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde mm -hmm. yeah. now the characters in this season uh, they got Reese Montrose yeah. Who's a politician, and it turns out he's not he's not so bad as the series makes him out to be. Yeah. Um, there's Kate Galvin, aforementioned Kate Galvin. She's an English love interest for Joe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She definitely... I could tell she was from England, even by her, her features. Mm. Tom Lockwood, played by Greg Kinnear, that's her controlling father. Yeah. Who's uber rich yeah. and, and, tries rich. To, and tries to micromanage her life and gaslight her into thinking that he needs her in there. Yeah, she, he's, he's also very... He's an asshole. Yeah. He's an asshole. He's like, she points out, you got seven kids, but you're the one I always come back to. The rest of them are all fucked up or stupid. He's psychopathic, too, in his own right. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a Joe. She married someone like her, like her dad. Yes, and that's yeah. probably why Joe's attracted to her. Exactly. Joe's not doesn't have the wealth, but same kind of guy. Yeah, Marianne from last season... Nadia, who's one of Joe's students at the school that he teaches at, and she's pretty much figured him out. Yeah. And then, the, and then you got the rich assholes like Gemma, Phoebe, Connie, and Adam Pratt. Phoebe is funny as hell, dog. Gemma's an asshole. Treats men like they're like they're pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I was glad when she got got. Yeah. Phoebe was funny as shit to me, though. He had issues. Mm-hmm. Was Phoebe the one that ended up teaching at that Malaysian school at the end, or was that Connie? I think it was... Wait. Phoebe was the one with, with, that got married to... 
Adam Pratt, the American. Yeah, yeah, yeah the American. And, and he likes to be, and he likes, he likes, he likes domination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah, he, he, all these spoiled Americans. It's like a parody of like, like, like class structure. Kind of reminds me of our high school, but I'm not even gonna go back into that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but keep going. Me too. Um, keep going. Okay. To some extent. To some, some extent. Okay, Joe, he's not a he's not a bookstore manager now, he's a book teacher pretty much. And he's been having to lead a double life as a psychopathic stalker who's obsessed with finding true love, whether said true love wants it or not. But with every new love interest, Joe's crimes slowly but surely escalate into even more serious and heinous territory. This this you? This whole series is it's it basically it's what would happen if all those rom com movies Get taken to their logical and realistic conclusion. Yes. It's kind of disturbing, but it's very realistic in its own right. Like, for example, like the yeah. movie Say Anything with a John Cusack and Ione Sky, where he, where Cusack plays Lloyd Dobler and wants the girl of his dreams back by going to her house late at night and blaring a boombox outside of her window. Oh, like, I that remember would, that. That would, I get remember you, that. that would get you arrested in real life. That's not yeah. a romantic gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Like all the shit that he's doing in here should should would and should get Joe arrested. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but man's got brains. He's smart. Yeah, I mean, even though he had a he had a sort of a fucked up childhood, he yeah, over, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. overcompensates by being crafty and ingenious. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the internal dialogue that he has in his head, really, where he's basically mocking the people around him somewhat. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. That's that is fun. <laughs> The sarcasm. Yeah, it is a sarcasm. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah. slick. Very slick. Very slick. Um, Marianne, what happened with her? Um, that was that was actually a nice twist with what happened with her. Yes, the second so the show was broken up into two parts, like Ozark, like half. Exactly, half and half. And the second part gives you so much context into the first. You're just kind of like, wow, plot twist, like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and. The authors and the, and the directors introduce an element to Joe, like we said, that we should have actually suspected in the first three seasons, but never actually thought about until now that he's fucking bipolar, practically. He, he is. He's never, he's, never, personality. He, he's undiagnosed, never got help. Yeah. So he's got a split personality that he's not even aware of until now, I guess. He starts being aware of it mm-hmm. in the second part. But the second part of it, yeah, when yeah. the twist finally becomes revealed. Um, yeah. It reminds me of Dexter, too. Because he has like a dark passenger. I don't know. I, mean, I haven't, actually haven't checked out that show. I heard it's good though. And, he, and he, the, 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 the split personality, his subconscious urges and whatnot, that in his mind he puts in the form of someone else. I see. Some idealized version of some Some person who represents an idealized version of himself. I see. Like Reese Montrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Got yeah, I he, see what you're saying. He turned Reese into his dark passenger pretty yeah. much until we learned the truth. Exactly. Exactly. And the Eat the Rich Killer, that also reminds me of Dexter as well, too. Because Dexter, he's mm-hmm. a serial killer, but only kills other serial killers. The Eat the Rich Killer just kills self-centered rich kids. Mm-hmm. But that's really just Joe just acting out his disdain. Just de- exactly. For the spoiled and entitled. The spoiled and entitled, yes. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of that. I've been seeing a lot of that in the past few months. Like a White Lotus. Uh, the tri- yes! <laughs> the Triangle of Sadness. God, that's actually another good show. Yeah, all these, yeah. all these are like centered on parodying and just satirizing, satirizing white wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like overly the privileged, the privileged. Yeah, yeah. yeah, overly indulgent, entitlement-minded white wealth. Yeah, and class. Yeah, 
Um, like in Triangle of Sadness, that had like elements of that along with the Lord of the Flies scenario. Hmm. I've actually I, that I mean I haven't even heard of that show, but. No, Ooh. it's a movie. It was it's a movie. a movie, rather. Okay. Yeah, one of my friends. Shout out to you, Amy Casey. Yeah, she had me watch the film, and I'm like, it might be something you might like, and it's like, I'll watch something that you want. I'm like, yeah. okay, when I get done watching with this, I want you to watch Get Out. <laughs> How did she find that? It was straight? I, I don't know. I got to ask her. Yeah, I got to ask her. Okay. Okay. I hope she watched it, because that gives us plenty to talk about. True. True. And that's something that we got to look at, too, eventually. We've already looked at two of Jordan Peele's movies. We never did Get Out? We did Us and Nope, but never Get Out. Alright, yeah. Down the line somewhere, we'll talk about yeah, Get Out. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, for you, this season, I like how he is such, he is such a devious motherfucker, Joe. Like how he, how he managed to put the blame on, on that. He's fucking legendary how he put that, how he spun that off. Mm-hmm, and the girl was too scared to say anything. Yeah, it's just she was in jail still quiet because she's like, okay, if I snitch, he's gonna come back and kill me. Like, because Marianne warned her about how fucking intelligent he was and like, mm-hmm. The only way out of this is to kill him, and you gotta execute it to a T, no errors, or he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out and come back at you, yeah. yeah. Love Quinn couldn't do it, nope. and look what happened with her. Exactly. And she was very much like him. She was also very smart. And I, 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 the, the one thing that she did I didn't like was kill that one rich white lady that was next door to Joe. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 one, the, the, one, yeah the one that was interested in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was Michaela from McManus from Law & Order SVU. She was one of the ADAs at one point. Okay. I mean, they sleep on her. She's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what he means by that. But yeah. <laughs> I just think she's a good actress. She doesn't. She doesn't get enough. Sure. She, she doesn't get enough chance to make the most out of the role she's given. Got you. Whatever you say, side. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. You're absolutely right. Like I was wondering how he was gonna get out of it. I had a feeling she was gonna fumble the bag. Yeah. But I didn't know how she was gonna do it. Um, I don't want to put too much detail, so. If viewers want to, viewers that I haven't finished or seen it can go back and revisit. And comment and make comments about this too in the comment section for this on YouTube. Please do. We need your feedback. But um, it was genius how he spun that at the end. And now, after watching it, it makes sense why they renewed for a final season. For a fifth a final? Well, actually, I shouldn't keep, we shouldn't keep assuming it's final. A fifth season, yeah. We tend to do that, like, what's it called? When the fifth season comes about, like, Snowfall, I assumed that was going to be the final yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was wrong. Exactly. So this is, they're going to, they're gonna, which we'll probably touch on because why not? We've started with the first, well, the third season we did, it, and now this one. Now this one, yes. This was actually a good, I didn't know where it was going when the first half. Me neither. So I was, I was, like, bored with this. Like, I was like, this is kind of mundane and. Yeah, you're, you're literally not in your element. You're not in America. You're like, you're turning it into an investigation spy movie almost. <laughs> or show. Mm-hmm. But then the second part, the plot twist is gangster. So it was pretty good. Like, I know you're hiding, but Joe Goldberg, you're in there somewhere. Yeah, the second the second part was really good. And we shouldn't even root. sense out of everything. And we should not even root for this dude at all. It's like... No. I mentioned this during our very first podcast, how like in the first half of this century... How the TV shows were emphasizing on white male protagonists who are anti-heroes. Uh-huh. House, Dexter, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, and Joe uh, Joe takes off of them. You're 100% correct. Yeah, like these dudes, we should not be rooting for them. Well, House is a limited exception, but Dexter, Wal- Walter White, Walter White. Uh, uh, what's his face, um, Don Draper, yeah. they're, they're, not, they're not good guys. And they, and I guess it speaks to how well the character development is because you have... Or, em- 
Tommy from Power, him too. Him too, yeah. There's the element of empathy that you have, even though they're fucked up in the head. Yeah, you, you, we should not be rooting for them, but they, yeah. they, they, they're they humanized. The, the actors that portray them humanize them yeah. in a way that where you can't yeah. help but to root for them. Exactly, exactly. They even try to do that with Dama, but he's real. So that shit, I, I didn't have no remorse for that. I had no remorse for that yeah. either. And I didn't have no remorse. But they try to do that with the Netflix Dama, Dama show. And that, and that was big. And for some reason, that was big in the black communities. Dahmer. Yeah, I, the thing is, I knew, I knew about it, because I'm into, I'm into that stuff, like understanding why. As a psychology do. major, I'm into that as well. Yeah, like, so I, I knew his story pretty, pretty well. So, but what I didn't know was the political part about it. I didn't know the political part in, involved in, in, in his whole. Me neither. Yeah, dynamic. I mean, I've seen various depictions of Dahmer over the years, and Jeremy Renner, he's still my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've done more documentaries than the actual movies and shows, so. Um, but yeah, they try to do that in Netflix. That shit didn't work on me, cause yeah. <laughs> but yeah, back to you. <laughs> yes, back to you. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a good shit. It was a, it was a really good show. And I like, mean, good season. And a lot of those rich kids, it's like you guys are asshole victims. So I don't feel sorry for y'all when y'all die. Yeah, I know. Some of them crack me up though. I'm not even gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Like that one, that, 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 that rich, yeah, go that rich African chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just so cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, You're right. But for me, Phoebe was a first. Like the obliviousness is what gets me. Like they have no clue what's going on in the world. Like none. Their wealth keeps them in a bubble. Yeah, it's like it's 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 crazy. Like you got all the money in the world, and you're no fucking shit. It's crazy. It's crazy, and they think. I mean, a lot of their situations have put them in quite obscure mental states. But at the same time, it's kind of funny that they think they're going through struggles in life. Yes, yeah, like <laughs> compared you, to what the average person is going through. Like you may have struggles in life, but it's like your wealth guarantees that you're going to lead a life free of any unnecessary hardships. Yeah. At the same time, it's also a reminder that that kind of wealth, that kind of wealth comes with. Um, with a lot of consequences. Yeah, it does. It, it, like, what's it called? It's being spoiled. I consider that a form of child abuse. Yeah. yeah. Like, you spoil your kids, you're basically taking away their work ethic. Exactly. 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 So when they become adults, they're going to expect everybody to do shit for them. Exactly. As opposed to being for Dolo. Exactly. But, all in all, I, I, I after seeing the second part, I definitely recommend... The second part was better, I thought. Yeah, I definitely recommend that you guys watch the show. Don't jump to conclusions after the first part. The first, is it first five? Yeah, for, it's divided in like divided in half, five yeah, and five. five. So the first five might bore you by the end of the fifth one, but then the last five puts everything in, into perspective. Yes, it does. So it was a good... good it was better season. than I thought, actually. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I was actually like, I was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, the previous seasons, I do, I'm in more in love with those, but this one is like, okay. Yeah. It was a good spin because I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming. I right. Didn't see it coming. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Nadia. Um, don't drop the soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And figure out a way that you can actually get out of jail by telling this dude too. Right. I'm not saying I'm not honoring the snitch, but you're in jail for something you didn't do. But I'm glad Marianne got to escape. Me too. Me too. They faked her death so she can get back with her kid. Yeah, with her kid. That was Cause, huge. Because I thought at first, like, what's it called? That um. Her, her girlfriend or whatever basically yeah. disowned her and saying, you, she, your daughter's gonna, gonna yeah, be. So, in so the, did I. So did I. So did I. But good twist, Nadia. It didn't work out the way, the fully the way you wanted, but at least yeah. you got half of, half of your goal done. Yeah. 
Because Marianne did not need to be there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, um, that's... Anything you want to add about that show? No, I got nothing else to add about it. Not even in my uh, off notes right here. Yeah. If you guys have any other theories regarding the show, the movie... You probably don't have any theories about the wrestling event. You can have comments, but let us know what you think about that. Yeah, um, comments and tidbits that we may not know, like yeah, behind the scenes shit. Exactly. Um, give us if we didn't touch anything um, regarding the movie and the show, especially. Give us your perspective um, on what you saw on the show and the movie, The Passion of Christ. Because, like I said, The Passion of Christ could have been a whole episode on its own. Is you know, it's a whole predicated on religion and faith and shit. So everybody mm-hmm. has their own little outlook on that um so feel free to drop some comments some you know theories and you know ideologies and perspectives from your from your end and let us know and um yeah boo UConn but yeah congratulations to UConn and LSU um yeah whatever don't listen to this guy congratulations what the fuck you mean don't listen I didn't say anything so he um in our bracket, he won clearly because he. I didn't. I didn't win the bracket. Oh yeah, yeah! Shout no. out to to to, to uh, um, Candace. Candace, yeah, she John, won. John's cousin. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got second. So. I got second. Yeah. Yeah. But my school won, so usually when they win, that's a good omen for me for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. If you guys watch this much, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we will be back again with another episode. We're going to divvy up sections of each show or each particular section so if you don't if you're not interested in wrestling you can you click can, to another section yeah exactly like you can click to the movies exactly. click to the tv show exactly. you can click to that or, or however you want to do it exactly you got but, options available exactly but most importantly we need to hear back from you and what you thought about this episode and Again, yes. Like comment, comment on the YouTube yeah. page, video. Send us, send us DMs on our Instagram right. page. Criticize if need be, too, man. We yeah, we'll take, we'll take everything. We are here for it. Any room for improvement that we got, because yeah. we know we need it, even for the second season. But, but we're we back. are grateful for our viewers, and we Absolutely. are back like crack. <laughs> Joel yeah. Santana. Unfortunately, not crack, but I get what he's saying. Shout out to the dipset. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, back like a chiropractor. Yeah, back like a Brazil hook. But yeah, <laughs> that's Lil Wayne. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, thank you again. That's clever. Yeah, but uh, we appreciate y'all. Yeah, thank you. And we'll be back. See you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.